Timothy, 1 Timothy, chapter 6. Praise God. I love the Holy Ghost. I just love Him. You know, taking a part of our covenant from the Old Testament, the Abrahamic covenant, which is still very much alive, it's an eternal covenant, we've been brought into it in Christ. And uh, so the blessings of Abraham belong to us. Amen. 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 And um, praise God. One of the things that God promised God's people is that he would make them the head, not the tail. Right? The head, not the tail. Well, how many of you know that uh, the head means being out front or first? Never the last. If you're the tail, you're the last to know. And I just love the Holy Ghost. Uh, You know, I'm thinking about an instance even on the airplane where... Uh, a report was going to come. It came yesterday to me. And, uh, but the day before, the Lord already gave me my answer. He gave me my answer. Amen. Before I would ever hear that report. Amen. Now, I thought that that, uh, that answer was my sermon. But it was my answer for that. But I'm still going to preach it. Amen. <laughs> I'm still going to preach it. Okay. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because it'll help you. If something's my answer, it's your answer too. We all have common answers. Have you ever heard a report that you didn't want to hear? News, setbacks, things like that. Well, praise God, we are, we're all going to. And we need to know how to respond. Uh, so I put it this way sometimes. Believers need to learn how to take a punch. Amen. You shouldn't get in the boxing ring if you're not willing to take a punch. Well, you think, I'm so good at it, I won't ever get hit. No, the best ones are going to, right? You know, you don't succeed at boxing because you don't take punches. You succeed at boxing because you not only know how to give one, you know how to take one. Amen. And, uh, you know, one of the things, I, you know, I'm talking to the students out there about the Cody's, you know, I, I'm not going to tell off on your family. Thank you, Pastor. I just tell off on myself and my family to the students. Uh, but, you know, one of the things, it's not a, it just developed that way. It just kind of evolved that way. You know, the Cody's have mottos. We have mottos. Life's an adventure, an adventure of faith. We live by that motto. Uh, Amen. We live by codes. Cody's don't have secrets. Amen. We don't have secrets in our house. Amen. And, uh, but one of our, our big ones one of those pillar mottos in the Cody house is, Cody's don't quit. That's right. Cody's don't quit. Hallelujah. And uh, praise God. And it's one of those attributes, one of those graces that God has worked in our family that He wants to work in all of us. Amen. Because if we don't quit, we win. If we don't quit, we win because we've got God on our side. We've got Jesus in our boat. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, so uh, I wanted to uh, preach you a message today uh, called, uh, what did I call it? Faith holds fast. Faith holds fast. Amen. And so in 1 Timothy chapter 6, looking in verse number 12, notice what Paul says to a young preacher that's going through a hard time. Now, he, well, he says fight, doesn't he? Fight. In other words, Paul says to Timothy, fight, fight. Everyone say fight. I don't like, you better fight. You're going to get overcome. The devil's a fighter. He don't fight fair. 
He fights dirty. He cheats. He lies. He does illegal things. He moves upon people to do illegal, unethical things. To try to oppose you. To try to oppose me. Amen? So Paul tells Timothy, fight. Amen? In other places, I'm sure he instructs Timothy on prayer. Amen? But he didn't say pray right here. He said fight. Amen? Fight. Now we're not, not talking about fighting in the natural. He says fight the good fight of faith. Amen? Fight the good fight of faith. Now lest, lest you really don't uh, understand uh, where Timothy's coming from, let me give you a little history lesson. Timothy is the youngest pastor, right, in the New Testament to ever be functioning in that office that I know anything about. Some uh, history, uh, church history uh, sources will tell us that he was as young as 16 years old when he assumed the pastorate of the church at Ephesus. He was the pastor of the church at Ephesus. Amen. And so no doubt he would have been the recipient of Paul's letter to the church at Ephesus, the book we read as Ephesians. Amen. And he taught in that book, that whole church about spiritual warfare and all these different things. But uh, here's, uh, let's, let's say he's 16, 17 years old. Now, just, just think about this. He's pastoring the largest church in the known world. We don't know for sure. I've heard it as high as 100,000 members. I've, I've heard it as low as 40,000. Let's call it 40,000. How would you like to pastor 40,000 people at any age? And to have that, think about the spiritual problems, the natural problems, the family problems, right? 40,000 people. Amen. Beyond that, every weekend, the Romans are for sport and entertainment, throwing members of his congregation to the lions. And he's their pastor. You're going to have hundreds of them every weekend come and say, he's going to say, well, I didn't see Bill today. Well, Pastor Bill, not this Bill, Bill got eaten by a lion this weekend in the amphitheater by the Romans. Think about the number of funerals he'd have to do. If they did that back then, he probably didn't even do it. So you have that. You have the persecution that they were facing. The, think about the pressure of that. And then, on top of all of that, you know who's sitting in the front row of his church? The Apostle John. In his 90s. The ink on the book of Revelation isn't even dry yet. And this apostle of God who's seen Jesus, walked with Jesus, did signs, wonders, and miracles. The, the great apostle John sitting right there. He's got to preach to him. I thought I had pressure preaching to Pastor Nancy. Hallelujah. And guess who's sitting right beside him? Mother Mary. You know the mother of Jesus? The great saint? Yeah. Right. So we're talking pressure. You think you had problems. You think you had difficulties or pressures. Right? And yet, as Paul is writing these letters by the Spirit to Timothy, there's a lot of precious things. If you read, if you just take some time to read these short letters and put yourself in Timothy's shoes, right? It'd be, it'd be more precious to you. Just to hear those opening words from the greatest man of God on the earth at that time, the Apostle Paul, my dear, my 
my beloved son Timothy, a true son in the faith. You hearing words like that when you're under that kind of pressure would minister to you, would bless you, right? And then he would talk to him about uh, his legacy of faith. He said, Timothy, listen, I am persuaded the same faith, the same faith that was in your grandmother Lois and in your uh, mother Eunice, or I got the names mixed up, whatever, I'm persuaded is in you also. So see, I want you to notice what Paul is doing. He's putting all that pressure and all those circumstances and everything Timothy's facing, he's, what is he pointing him to? He's pointing this teenager to his legacy of faith. He's saying, you just put everything on the faith you've been taught, son, and faith is strong enough, faith is big enough to take everything you want to put on that pillar. It won't buckle, it won't fall. Amen. Just, just remember the faith that you saw in your grandma. Just remember the faith you saw in your mama. And just walk in that. See, your faith will get you through. Y'all going to help me preach this this morning? Your faith will get you through. Whatever comes, whatever is right now, amen? This is the victory, the great Apostle John said by the Spirit, that overcomes the world and all that is in it is our faith. Amen? You need to learn faith. You need to become an expert in faith. You need to major on faith, get a PhD in faith. Amen? Hallelujah. If we're not going to become a casualty and a statistic in these last days, it'll be because we learned something about our faith, how to use faith, how to walk by faith. Amen? Amen. Well, notice now Paul's saying at the end of this first letter, he's saying, Timothy, fight. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold. Amen? Now go, go back over to 1 Corinthians with me. 1 Corinthians 16. Now, if you've been here very long, and if you haven't, we'll get back to it. We never go too far from faith in this church. You can't get saved without faith. You can't get filled with the Spirit without faith. Amen. This is how we pay our bills. This is how we overcome. This is how we get healed. This is how we experience divine protection. It all comes by faith. Amen. Faith touches every day of your life, every arena of your life. You should never, ever let go. Stop thinking about your faith. Amen. Well, look here in 1 Corinthians 16, verse 13. Notice what Paul again says to this church. He says, watch you stand fast in the faith. Quit you like men. Now, what does he mean, quit you like men? He didn't mean quit. He means you act like, he's saying man up. Behave like a man. Act like a man. (laughs) Amen. Everyone say man up. And if you get overcome, you didn't man up with your faith. Right? Listen, we could all quit. If we went by our feelings, we could all quit. Right? If we live by our emotions, we could all quit. But here he says, conduct yourself like a man. Be strong. Amen? Hallelujah. So I like that. He says, watch, stand fast in the faith. Man up, be strong. Go over back to the left some more to Acts chapter 20. And I want to show you a phrase in a verse that's become very precious to me. Helped me a lot. Acts 20. You know, you got to find certain scriptures that you can just, just lean. When things get tough, you just lean your entire being on that one verse. 
press into it. Amen? Or two or three or four, however many you need. But this is one of them. And Paul here is saying goodbye to the pastors at Ephesus. He, He knows by the Spirit he'll never be back. They won't ever see him again. And so he's in the midst of his exhortation and his goodbye. And look at verse 23. It says, he knows that saved by the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, meaning he's been hearing the Holy Ghost say everywhere he goes, city after city, saying, bonds and affliction abide me. In other words, trouble has come and trouble is here to stay in my life, in my ministry. God didn't bring it. God didn't bring it. But, you know, see again, just like with me, uh, the Holy Ghost is good. He'll tell you, he's, He'll make you the head, not the tail. That's right. And so every city He shows up in, the Holy Ghost is using people, believers in that city, prophets in that city to say, you know, you keep heading towards Jerusalem and they're going to they're gonna take the man who owns this girl and they're going to bind his hands and feet and they're going to deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. He said, I know it. I know it. I'm still moving that direction. Yeah. Notice He wasn't moved. He wasn't turned aside. He didn't throw in the towel. Come on. Amen. But see, the Holy Ghost put him out front. Nothing was a surprise to him. He knew what he would be facing. Praise God. And so that's what he said in verse 23. But notice, I love verse 24. But though bonds and affliction trouble abide me, none of these things move me. Come on. He says, not one of them. Not the prospect of going to jail. He, he could already say, been there, done that. The prospect of being beaten, that's not going to move him either. Been there, done that. Be lied about, misunderstood, persecuted by the Jews. That's not going to move me either. I've been there. I've done that. Amen. Facing lack in you know, my supply because I'm out on the road. and my, I'm not Been there. Done that. Notice what he said. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. Believer, the Bible doesn't just exhort us and instruct us to have faith. It surely does. It tells us what faith is. It tells us how to get faith. It exhorts us to examine ourselves to make sure that we are in faith. Amen? And really the principles, learning how to get faith, that's not hard. It's one scripture. Faith comes by hearing. If you want faith, we know how to get it. Right? I mean, if I want Pablo's pride, I know where to get it. I just go to Sam's and go to the shelf and get me another bag. It's not a hard thing to figure out. Amen. Faith, if you need faith in any area, you need to hear the Word of God taught and preached in that area. Or you need to hear yourself quote those scriptures. So if you're dealing with a physical attack in your body, you need to center up on hearing the Word of God on healing. Go shopping for faith. It's not a difficult thing to understand how to get faith. You don't pray for it. You don't beg for it. You don't wish for it. Faith comes by hearing. It took Jesus two verses basically to tell us everything we know about how to use faith, how to exercise our faith. He said, for whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in their heart, but believe that the thing that they they say to the mountain shall be done, that it will come to pass what they say. They shall have whatsoever they say. Then he gives us a little different twist to it in verse 24. He says, 
Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. And then he gives us an important instruction in verse 25 about faith, and he says, if you have ought against any, forgive. Forgive. Everyone say forgive. Forgive. Some of you, that's why maybe your faith's not working. You can't have ought against any. Don't care what they did. Don't care how evil they acted. Don't care how egregious it was. Don't care how immoral, how illegal. For your sake and for your faith's sake, Jesus said forgive. Amen. Well, and that's all he said. And that, that's, that's it. That's how faith works. Say to the mountain, believe in your heart that what you say will come to pass, and it will. When you pray, you ask God for something, believe you receive it, and you shall have it. It's not hard to know how faith comes, and it's not hard to understand what faith does, how to use your faith. Let me tell you what's hard. What's hard is staying in faith. That's where battles are won and lost. That's where your faith project will be either a victor, a victorious testimony or something you don't want to talk about. You got defeated. <clears throat> I mean, if getting faith, that's easy. That's what you hear it. You'll have it. Then, you know, you should know how to do it. Faith speaks. Faith speaks. The fight of faith is all about words. That's what the fight of faith is all about. That's what the fight is over. It's over your words. So when, when Satan and demons hear you quote the word and they see you move in faith, they're going to launch a counterattack against you, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your circumstances. Because the thought is, I have got to get them to change those words. Because if they hold to those words, what they're saying from God will come to pass. And we can't have that. We can't have them being healed. We can't have them being blessed. We can't have those bills being paid. We can't have them walking in peace. We can't let that light shine for others to see. Yet he can't do anything about it. Getting faith isn't hard. Operating in faith isn't hard. But see, he's going to work overtime to move you. To move me. And His attempts to move us are not fun to experience. On the flesh. Yeah, we all, everybody, I don't have to preach that twice, right? We all know. I mean, if you've ever launched out in faith and experienced Satan's opposition, you know, it's like some people say, man, I never had troubles till I started coming to this church. I never had any, you know, I never had the kind of opposition I had. Well, that's because, see, we preach faith around here. We center up on faith around here. And so, duh, He is going to oppose you and I in our life of faith. But Paul said, stand fast in the faith. Amen? Act like a man. Be strong. Hallelujah. Amen. So, we're going to have to be like Paul. Nothing can move us. And I've le- man, I've leaned on that. I'm not, bless God, I am not going to let what I just heard move me. I am not going to let what my, my, man, my mind feels like I'm going insane. But I am not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by these thoughts. I know where they're coming from. And it's not fun to feel fear. 
It's not fun to feel the threats of the enemy. Amen? But listen, I, I, I type this on the airplane. Faith unchanged always wins. Faith unchanged always wins. Write that down. Amen? Faith unmoved always sees the promise fulfilled. A faith that is unmoved will always see the promise fulfilled. When you understand this and you really begin to operate in this, you are untouchable. You are undefeatable. It's not you in you that makes you untouchable. It's your faith in God. Amen? But it is a faith that is learned in the middle of trouble how to stand fast and to be the same. you got to be the same. That's what it means by faith unchanged. Faith that stays the same always wins. Faith unmoved. And see, this is where, as a pastor, this is where my limitations kick in. See, I can teach you about this life. I can tell you stories. I, I, God's allowed Amber and I to go through certain experiences and, and face fire and face circumstances. And I don't mind telling you about them, but when it comes down to it, the faith I have, I got from the Word. That's, I can't give you faith. You've got to go get faith where I got it. I, you want to go get Pablo's pride, you can't have mine. I'm drinking mine every morning. You're going to have to go to Sam's yourself. And I'm not buying it for you. You're going to have to pay your own price. Hallelujah. You can have the faith. If, if you see faith in me at all, praise God, you can have it. I'm not special. Amen. You can have the faith we see in my wife lived out day by day. Man, she, you know, few people I've ever encountered in my entire life lives this principle like she does. She's the same. She doesn't flip out in her emotions, overly excited when good news comes. And she stays steady when bad news comes. She's the same. Now, does that come easy for her? Not always. Not always. You see, the people who are really skillful at faith, they make it look easy. Don't be deceived. There's a fight. There's a fight. There's a fight. Amen. And you're going to have to learn to get faith for yourself and use your faith like the Bible describes. Amen. And you are going, just like me, you're not exempt. Did you find this out yet? You're not exempt. You, yourself are going to have to learn how to stand still. You know, I didn't get to get down to Oceanside this time. It's about a 50-minute drive or so, depending on traffic. And it's where you get to the Oceanside. Amen. That's why they call it that. Uh, And they have a pier at Oceanside. And it's a quarter of a mile long, I think. It goes way out there. Amen. And listen, every time I go out there... It's in the same spot. The tide comes in and the tide goes out. The winds pick up and the winds die down. The rains come and the rains go. The waves get high and the waves get low. Every time I go to Oceanside, the pier is standing right where they put it. And that is what you've got to add to your faith if you want to live in victory in these last days. 
in the midst of the water and the waves and the wind and the storm, you have got to learn how to just be the same. Haven't seen you in church in three weeks. Well, let me tell you what hell broke out in my life. Oh, you're not the same. You let the enemy move you out of the right place through pressures and circumstances. Sulking and sucking your thumb by yourself. That's not, that's not, how, that's, that's not how to have victory. Amen. See, you've got, people have got to learn how to show up and be where they're supposed to be. At the, right? Amen. And anyway, there's just a thousand and one different applications to this principle. But understand, Satan, his goal is to move you. Move you where? Off the Word. Right? He wants to move us off the Word. Amen? So if this is the promise of God, and I say, bless God, God's Word is true, and I'm taking my stand. Right? Okay, come here, Satan. What's your goal? Move me off. That's the only way you win. If I stay here, you're defeated. So go ahead. Now now see, if I just stand there, go ahead. If I just stand there and I don't counter, go ahead. Come on, quit you like men. Come on. Show me what you got, Rex. Come on. Come on, jujitsu boy. Come on. See, this is what the fight of faith is all about. Thanks, son. Really good. Amen. But do you see, if you just stand there and act like all smooth sailing, and you're not even looking, you have got to be ready to counter counteractive forces because I don't win. I don't receive if He moves me off of this right here. This is the only place, this is the only stance where I have any hope, where I have any promise, where I have any confidence, where I have any assurance. It's one spot. It's one spot. And bless God, I will not be moved off my spot. I will not. How about you? See, this is what your husband can't do for you. This is what your pastor can't do for you. This is, you have got to develop your willingness, your ability, you and God, to take a stand on the Word of God and refuse to be moved no matter what. Hallelujah. If we will do that, we always win. Always, always, always. I don't care how desperate. I don't care how impossible. I don't care what the doctor, I don't care what medical science says. I don't care what the checkbook says. I don't care what it looks like. God is faithful. He is able. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. He will make a way. We sang about it, right? He will make a way. Where there is no way, but he needs you to do one thing. He needs you to get in faith, and he needs you to stay there. 
Now some people, they do that. And then they're off it. And then they do that. And then they're off it. And then they do that. And then they're off it. You cannot live like that and call yourself a faith person. You are unstable. And you're, you're easily defeatable by the enemy. The enemy just, he doesn't have to really go at it aggressively like Rex did there at the end. Some people, he just goes along and goes, whisper a little thought, stir up a little circumstance, and they're off the word. They have no fight in them. And they're precious to God, but he, they don't stay in faith long enough for Him to really do anything for them. They're so easily moved into worry. So easily moved into questions. So easily moved into being double-minded. So easily moved into discouragement. You have to stop that. If you want to win. If you want to win. So the answer is standing. Standing. Standing, refusing to back up one inch. Amen? Go over to Colossians chapter 1. Getting any help today? Colossians chapter 1. Praise God. And I really, really like this verse. Colossians 1.23. We'll look at it in the King James, and then I'll have him put the Amplified up on the screen for you. The Amplified is outstanding. So Paul again says, if... See, if, what's if? If is the biggest word in the Bible. Catastrophic failure. A heralding victory that will echo through, the, through heaven. Depends on if. One little word with two letters. What's the next word? If ye. Or that means if you. Or you could say if I. Is there anything depending on if I? My, my, my. Right? It's not on God. God's already decided. He's already promised. He is, he is, he is the same toward all of us. We are the variable. If you continue in the faith, Notice, so he tells us about faith and staying in faith, but he tells us how. He tells us how, right? Grounded. Grounded. Settled. Right? See, faith has it settled. I'm healed. Well, what about I'm healed? Well, the I'm healed. And then your feelings want to stand up and testify. But you're settled. You're settled. Surely He hath borne my sicknesses. He hath carried my pains. And I'm healed. And everybody else wants to go, yeah, yeah, but, but. And then your thoughts, and then your body, and then your feelings. What does faith do? I settled it. I settled it. It is as God says. See, faith doesn't have to talk a long time. The more you talk, the more we know you're not in faith. Because <laughs> it doesn't take a long time to just say, this is what I believe. This is the way it is. 
Amen. So we have to be grounded and settled. And notice this, not moved away. Not moved away. From what? From the hope or the expectation of the gospel. That's the word. Which you have heard and which was preached. Amen. Look at this in the Amplified. And it says, and this he will do. Talking about God. I like this phrase, the way this is phrased. And this he will do provided that you. What's God going to do? Everything he said in his word provided that you. God held out on me. Uh Uh-uh. Never. To no one. And this, let's call this whatever you're believing God for from the word. Will he do? He will meet all your needs according to his riches and glory. He will favor you. He will bring you out. He will give you victory. He will give you peace. Amen. He will work out your circumstances. He will heal your body. He will whatever you find in the word provided that you. Everyone say it's on me. Amen. Listen, your flesh may not like that, praise God, but listen, take it as an empowerment. It is within my hand to have victory every time. Amen. Provided that you what? Continue to stay with and in the faith. Well grounded, settled, and steadfast. Not shifting. Not moving away from the hope which rests on and is inspired by the Word. Amen? So God will do it provided that you and I stay in faith. Number one, well-grounded. Number two, settled. Right? Number three, steadfast. Not shifting. Not moving away from our expectation. What a wonderful scripture about how the faith life works. Colossians 1.23 Y'all take some time if you need to meditate on that. And just judge yourself today. Did you come in here grounded? Did you come in here settled? Did you come in here, praise God, um, steadfast? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is a good word. You know, the Greek word for grounded means founded on. See, faith wins every time when it's founded on the Word of God. And it means fixed on the foundation. Fixed on the foundation. You know, when they pour a concrete slab for a house, what is the base wooden plate that they put the walls on top of? What's that called? The base plate? You know, and, that, and so they've, they've, they've dropped anchor bolts. Anchor bolts in the concrete. And then they lay that two before, whatever it is, down on top of, drill the hole and drown them, and then they... Put big old heavy nuts and washers and lock that thing down. Then they build on top of that. See, the structure has got to be fixed to the foundation so that it doesn't go anywhere. Man, they have big ones for this building. Huge. These massive steel columns. You know, they're covered up as they go down. Uh, down. But once that thing hits the foundation, the anchor bolts are massive. And the wrench they used to tighten that thing, it, you know, is huge. Why? Amen? You don't want that thing going anywhere. You see, smart builders, they expect opposition to come. And they build it in, with the capability built in to withstand 
so that it doesn't go anywhere. And as you're building your faith, you need to keep that. I'm building my faith not to be frilly. I'm building my faith not, you know, not thinking that there won't be any wind or rain ever come along. Amen. We build it with the storm in mind. You build your faith with the storm in mind. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Hebrews 6, 17 through 19, you could write that down, that this, this anchor we have, this hope, this hope, Bible hope is a living expectation. This hope we have, amen, that is an anchor to our soul. See, it's what part of us wants to fly away when things get rough? Our minds, our feelings, our emotions, right? But see, the hope of the Word tethers us and anchors us, amen, from all that would come our way to move us off the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, church, changing means losing. Just know, if you see yourself change from your stance on the word, you're losing. You're losing. And you will lose. No, God loves me. He loves you, but he'll, he'll let you lose. People who go home early with sickness and disease, God's loving them the whole time. It's not love that he, it's love that provided healing. But love, God's love for us is no substitute for our responsibility to get in faith and stay in faith. And if we don't, love will watch us go down and love will receive us into heaven early. God will let us have everything we're okay with. People who lose everything financially, they do it with the promise of prosperity and victory on the inside of them. It's not prosperity and victory that failed. It's the enemy that succeeded in moving them. Praise the Lord. What does it say about Jesus in Hebrews? Jesus Christ, the same. I want to be just like you, Jesus. Okay. Dr. Jacob said that to the Lord one time in prayer real sweetly. Jesus, I just want to be just like you. Isn't that a good? That's, he was sincere enough. I want to be just like you. He said the Lord broke in on him in prayer and said, Well, you're not. Well, really? Okay. What do I need to do? He said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Michael, you're not. So he said, you know what, Lord? You're right. And I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. How many of you could say, do you want to be more like Jesus? Come on. Going to be more like Jesus. You know, as a pastor, I can't use any one church leadership who doesn't know how to be the same. You're in, you're out, you're mad at me for two weeks and you're up on me for a month. You know, I just can't use you. Everything in the world that comes along moves you out of church. Every little thing, every little feather that lands on your way is an obstacle. You can't be here. See, you're just, I can't, I love you. Love doesn't have anything to do with it. I can't use you. I need people who will be here and be the same. 
Doesn't, you know, how many of you, you do realize that sometimes I come in the door and I don't feel thrilling, happy, joyful. And yet I'm going to do everything I can to act in faith. I'm not acting, but I'm acting in faith to be what people need me to be, a good pastor for them that day. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So changing means what? Losing. And really it comes down to a simple choice. I could throw in the towel. Throw up my hands. Say, I quit. But it's like what Jesus, whenever, when that whole crowd left Jesus that day in John 6, and the 12, are, the, he had multitudes, and he's back to 12. And he just said, guys, this would be a great time. Since we're flushing and purging, you guys are free to go if you want to. And Peter stands up and says, where are we going to go? Where are we going to go? You, and only you, have the words of eternal life. Amen. It's one of the smart things Peter said. Where are we going to go? I mean, if you're going to abandon your faith because things are dead, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go? Are you going to go to the psych ward? You're going to go back to drugs? What are you, where are you going to go? You're going to leave the church. Where are you going to go? What are you going to give your ear to? You're going to tear up your life, sure enough. Where are you going to go? Man, I can't leave faith. I, I, I know too much. I've seen too much. God's done too much. Praise God and bless God. I'm just going to be there like the pier at Oceanside and just say to the ocean, you just do what you're going to do, but I'm going to stand right here. And when you're done, I'll be right here standing in the sunshine. Because if I look at my options, where am I going to go? When, you have, when, you've, when you've heard the word, you're going down from that day. Right? You're going more into a demonically controlled... Where are you going to go? Faith is the best life. You want to know why faith is the best life? Because it, it makes you be the same. It makes you be the same. No matter what it looks like, you got victory. No matter what it looks like, He meets all your needs. No matter what it looks like, by His stripes you're healed. Right? Doesn't matter. Up, down, in, out, whatever happens, I'm the same. And you, you could be the same. You're supposed to be the same. To change is to doubt. To entertain another thought other than what the Word says is to be double-minded and James said in James 1, to be double-minded, don't think that you'll receive anything from the Lord. Nothing. Zilch. Nada. It's not coming. You know your answer's not coming because you desperately need it. If that were true, everyone who is desperate would get a miracle. But they don't. You let that sink in. Just because your need is desperate doesn't mean your answer's coming. It doesn't mean that God's going to move mountains for you. If you don't bring faith, He can't reach your life. Without faith, it's impossible. Right? This is why the devil fights faith churches. 
like he does. He wants the body of Christ. The devil wants the body of Christ weak and defeated. And he, he, he'll move on people and people will be greatly entertained in these churches. But they will leave that building ill-equipped to stand still in the face of storms. See, where my stance is, and I have friends in my life that are just the same, like Pastor Dennis and Angie Hadabaugh, we, and our preachers in our company, we care about the people in the seats more than we care about filling up the empty seat. I'm not concerned about the two that should be sitting here. I'm concerned about the one that's sitting right here and making sure that I'm doing my part to make sure that when you leave here, you've got a shield of faith that will quench every fiery dart that's going to come against your life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We got to close. We got to close. And <laughs> she said, yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hi, Zell. I'm not picking on you. <laughs> Write this down if you want to. We're going we're gonna to take time, not going to take time to go there. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. This is the passage where Jesus said, He that hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken unto him as a wise man. Who's wise? The one who hears and does what he hears. He will be likened unto a wise man who builds his house, that's his life, on the rock. And the wind and the rain descended and beat against that house, that life. But, what's it say? It didn't fall. It didn't fall. The rain wasn't enough to make it fall. The wind wasn't strong to make it fall. Why? Because that life was built upon the rock. Now, what, what makes the rock significant? It doesn't move, Brother Scott. It does not move. That's why you dig down. That's why you find bedrock, because Amen. it don't go nowhere. And when you put a post on top of that, see, it's not going to go nowhere. Right. Well, then Jesus goes on and says, but the one that hears these sayings of mine and doeth them not, does not do them, I will liken unto him as a... Foolish man, right? For he built his house, his life, on the sand. And the wind descended, right? The rain came, the wind came, and beat on that house, and it, it's inevitable. But God loves me. He won't let that happen. Yes, He will. It happens all the time. It'll happen before the day is out to more than one person. That won't happen to me because I go to a good church. Uh, look around, praise God. We, we're in the right church, praise God. But if you don't do for yourself Amen. what I'm teaching you today, we'll, we'll pray for you, we'll love you, we'll help put you back together again if we can. But being in the right church is a big step. But if you don't do what you hear, Jesus said they heard, but they didn't do what they heard. They went home and forgot. They went home and got busy. Now, the wind and the rain and the storm that came against the house, is that what caused it to fall? No, see, that's not what caused it to fall. That's right, you're, you're thinking with me. That's not what caused it to fall. The wind and the rain and the storm came to the other house. 
So why, again, why did this house fall? Because of what it was built on. Now what's wrong, Brother Ken, with building on sand? It, it's easily moved. You get a popsicle. You and Brother Scott, you got the right answer. Praise God. It's easily moved. Right? You ever build a sand castle? And you turn around, you play for another hour, and then what happened to my sand castle? It's easily moved. You see, only a faith built solidly on the rock of the Word can withstand the storms that are invariably going to come against it. The key is here and do, 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 here and do. That's my life. I hear, I do. Pastor Chris, how do you? I hear, I do. I hear, I do. I come back to church to hear what I've heard a thousand times. Amen. And glad to hear it again because I got to keep doing, 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 doing. And I'm not going to do anything else until victory pops out on the scene. And even then, I'm not going to move off the word. So I didn't get to actually to the part of that sermon to tell you how to stand. So maybe we'll talk about that next week, Lord willing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. How many of you are going to go out and do some standing this week? Praise God. Amen. It's the only way to live. Get faith. Do faith. And don't be moved. No matter what you hear, what you feel. Praise God. Amen. All right. Stand up on your feet today. Hallelujah.